Have you ever dreamed of being a marine biologist, or do you just really care about the environment? Well, today's podcast, our guest Lisa has done everything from snorkeling and scuba diving in Southeast Asia, to working at an aquarium, to running education programs, to make sure that the world is aware of how we can be better to our planet. So if you're passionate about these things and want to learn how you can get involved in the Canadian Conservation Corps, which is a program subsidized by the federal federal government and the Canadian Wildlife Federation, you've got to take a listen to this episode. This is an opportunity that you shouldn't miss. Welcome to the Gap Year Podcast, where we explore the who, what, where, when and why of Gap Years. It's real people sharing their stories, ideas, and experts diving deep into how you can make the right decisions in order to have a meaningful gap year. This is the place to be no matter where you are on your gap year journey. I'm Michelle Dittmer, your resident gap year expert. Let's jump right in. everyone. Welcome to the Gap Year podcast. My name is Michelle Dittmer and I am your host and Gap Year expert. And today on the podcast, we are bringing in another guest who has is living the dream. Um, you, Many of you have dreams of being a marine biologist. Um, and I want to introduce you to our friend today who's coming to join us. This is Lisa. And uh, Lisa has an incredible story that she's going to share with us that incorporates a lot of hands-on experience that she got over the course of her younger years and how it led to the career she has today. So Lisa, welcome to the show. Thank you, Michelle. My name is Lisa. Uh, As Michelle mentioned, I'm a marine biologist, conservationist, educator, and um, entrepreneur. Um, I have recently just completed my Master of Marine Management degree at Dalhousie University. And I'm currently working with a science, uh, working as a science analyst um, on the marine environmental quality team at Fisheries and Oceans Canada, working on ocean noise and seismic surveys. Um, in my spare time, as Michelle mentioned, I've been doing a lot of volunteer work, um, which we we'll probably get into um, just in a few minutes. Amazing. This is, this is so exciting. Um, and I think a lot of people are probably curious because when I talk to like seven or eight year olds or even kids in high school and they say they want to be a marine biologist, I, some of them have this vision that they'll be like swimming with dolphins. Um, and the, the field is so much bigger than that. Um, so maybe you can give us some insight into what like a day in the life looks like or, or what it's really like to be a marine biologist. Yeah, as you mentioned, marine biologist is a very broad field. So my previous experience, I have worked in Florida in manatees research where we go out on boat or um, even on planes or just by car to go visit dogs to look at manatees and we take pictures of them. And what we do is we match them with the scars. So oftentimes manatees run into boats and they ended up with different types of scars. So using scars, we are able to track their um, population status um, and assess how healthy 
um, the population of manatees are and what we can do to save them. So that's one of my experience. Um, another experience I had was I worked in Thailand as a marine, we, uh, as a coral researcher and conservationist. So what we do is we actually go out and do underwater dive surveys. Um, so this type, the surveys are all differ from day to day. So some days we will go out and look at the type of coral we see um, after swimming like 100 meters in a certain direction in a certain con. Uh, certain transect. Sometimes we go and look at predators, so looking at what is eating the coral. And sometimes we go out and actually look at things like, you know, urchins, sea stars, or like fish, like swimming the same length of uh, that 100 meters, seeing what type of fish we can see and how many there are to assess uh, what their biodiversity is like. I also work at an aquarium in Eukila, BC before as a marine biologist and aquarius. So that job entails more of animal care, taking care of the animal, make sure they are healthy and to answer any questions that, um, that visitors might have about the animals. So that's more towards the educational side of things. Um, and finally, I work in Vietnam as a fisheries biologist. Um, so for that is more of looking at how healthy the aquaculture and the fisheries are and how we can support um, the continual production of sustainable seafood. So you really have a wide variety of, of experience, everything from like the education side of things to um, like underwater <laughs> to doing uh, the research side of things to animal care. So it really is such a diverse field. So I'm curious what along your journey, like if you go back to like your high school days and then after high school, what were some of the things that solidified that, yeah, this was probably the right direction for you? I guess it's more like all the documentaries I've seen <laughs> in yeah. the past growing up. It's very hard for me to pin down a point that I got passionate about the, um, about the ocean actually. Like my master's research is actually on ocean literacy is how do we get people to learn more about the ocean, to care about the ocean. But when I was doing the research, just looking <laughs> at myself, I couldn't pin down a point in time where I actually got passionate about the ocean. So for example, I don't live beside a coast. So um, distance is not an issue. And like my family coming from a, an Asian family is, where you saw that usually, you know, like the stereotype wanting you to go into business accounting or mm -hmm. like doctor or engineer. Um, so it did not come from my family. Um, so I think probably because of documentaries and like learning more about that, there's still a lot of mystery, like a lot of things that we don't understand about the underwater world. And that's what drove me to it. And actually, when I started my undergrad degree, I did want to become a doctor. But after like first semester, I feel like that is not it for me. Like I, I wouldn't enjoy um, doing things that the doctors would do, but I enjoy hanging out with animals, learning more about the animal. And that's how I got interested in the animal side of things. And then I guess 
plus the ocean side just keep fascinating me and yeah yeah and I think it's I think it's so neat to be able to like look back on ourselves um as grown-ups and see our own journey um because we at the Canadian Gap Year Association we support people that are in the middle of that journey and really understanding how we start to explore the things that we're curious about and you mentioned documentaries and people, when they think about their gap year, they're always thinking about like these big international experiences and these things that are going to have all of these, these huge impacts on their lives. And they sometimes forget that those little things like watching those documentaries or reading those books or exploring those things that you're curious about can actually really uncover so many things that you can be passionate about and that can turn into a full-fledged career. Um, so you spoke about your parents and the pressure to take certain tracks because they were um, they were like the honorable ones. They were the ones that were going to be guaranteed good money. Um, and I think a lot of people feel that pressure, but we always have those little guiding beacons or those things that keep popping up for us, whether it's a documentary that we keep gravitating towards or um, going on vacation always to the ocean or whatever it might be. There are those little signs, those little tells that keep popping up for us. And I think we have to really honor those things. Um, and a gap year is a really great way to start to explore that a little bit more um, and to test out these things to see, hey, do I actually like this? Is is this just a hobby thing or is this a career thing? Um, and it can give us a lot of really great experience to kind of give us that reassurance or give our parents the reassurance that there is a, is a forward direction for us in this line of work. So I'm curious, you participated in um, some, some Canadian programming uh, with the Canadian Conservation Corps, correct? Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yep, so I actually got into it by accident. So um, my previous journey, I don't know if you are familiar with the field of marine biology, it's actually a very difficult field to, to uh, find a career, you know, make enough money to put on the table to pay your bills. Mm -hmm. So prior to the Canadian Conservation Corps experience, I actually spent like equal number of years or months working as a teacher overseas as well as working my marine biologist jobs jobs oftentimes is whatever salary I save up for my teaching jobs when to pay for um, less amount of money I might make working as a marine biologist so I found out about the program through chatting with a friend who at the time was also working at a dead-end job that she did not enjoy in Calgary. Um, and we were like, okay, it looks like a, a interesting experience. And what came out to me was that it had an internship um, that is conservation-based. So uh, as you hear, a lot of my experience actually came internationally. So coming home, trying to um, get a conservation job, it they always ask where are my Canadian experience, but because I don't have any Canadian experience, it just ended up into this negative cycle where I couldn't find a job that I like in Canada. I save up money and then I go and work overboard and it might not pay as well, but I really enjoy myself. 
um, that kind of thing. So I just ended up signing up for the program. And I actually got in at an earlier cohort. But at that time, that friend that sent me the detail and I already bought a one-way ticket to Southeast Asia. <laughs> um, so I actually defer my, my experience with Canadian Conservation Corps. I'm like, hey, can you wait half a year? Um, <laughs> after I come back, I don't know when I'm coming back, but um, eventually I will come back to Canada and want to take that internship opportunity. And I think that's exactly what we did. I defer my my acceptance that was uh, back in I think 2019 um, or actually earlier 2018 when we left I, st- I think I started Canadian Conservation Corps in 2019 so got to be t- 2018 I deferred my application but in like May or June we left for a trip and actually sitting I remember sitting in Laos uh, where it was positive 30 degrees, I get this email from Canadian Conservation Corps saying like, hey, we have a winter cohort going out. We are going winter snowshoeing and this is the weather condition, like minus 30, not positive 30. <laughs> um, would you like to join us? And then at that point, I, we were like, um, at least I was like, yeah, it still sounds like a good experience. At that point, I've been traveling for four months and starting to think where I want to go next so eventually you know the money after traveling solid for four months the money is getting low and kind of there's also a sense of missing home so it it was the right time to come home so I decided to take up on that experience and I'll sign all the paperwork and flew home and yeah suddenly went from positive over 30 degrees to a, a trip that is minus 30. Um, yeah, I would say that kind of changed my life. Yeah, that's a big, a big temperature difference and a big lifestyle difference. Um, I want to touch on something that you you said that I think is is true for a lot of people is that we get sometimes when we can't find jobs, we get stuck in this cycle of no experience, no work no work, no experience. And it just gets, we just kind of get tossed around in that, especially early in our career, that all of the job postings are saying you need five years experience. But if you don't have five years experience, you can't get any jobs. And we can go around and around and around like that. And I think one of the things that a gap year allows you to do is to build that experience and find programs like the Canadian Conservation Corps that are designed to give young people that experience, that entry point, that something that they can put on their resume, build some experience, build some skills that will give them that edge. So when they are applying to those jobs that need some experience, they actually already have that. Um, And I think that that's a really great thing that you were able to recognize that and you saw this opportunity and it became available to you. And so you jumped on it and to kind of break that cycle um, to get something there that can break you into an industry uh, within Canada that you wanted to, to get into. So can you tell us maybe a little bit more about what you did as part of the Canadian Conservation Corps. 
Yeah, so the Canadian Conservation Corps is divided in three stages. So stage one includes a wilderness journey. So I mentioned more, uh, being in minus 30, so my trip involves um, snowshoeing um, in, in New Brunswick at one of the national parks um, for, for two weeks. So that was, um, there were some nights that dipped to minus 30, 32, 34, and we ended up having to haul all of gear um, during that two weeks. Other than that two weeks, um, stage one, actually had two other weeks that entail training. So during that time, we did um, a lot of hands-on leaderships uh, certifications. So that includes, um, Outdoor Council of Canada certifications for, for hiking and uh, kayaking uh, leadership certificates, um, of course, first aid certificates. And we spend a lot of time um, learning how to collaborate with other people and building that team um, environment, as well as learning about environmental education. Um, how to teach, how to develop lesson plans, how do you use experiential learning and games to engage people on like very difficult conservation concepts. So those were the two weeks. So my stage two, um, I actually ended up in Euclid Aquarium in BC on Vancouver Island. Um, that was my placement there for three months. So because I was... <laughs> basically the only one with a marine background, I got placed there to learn about how to basically combine my experience as a teacher working overseas and the environmental education components that I learned during stage one, as well as my biology experience knowing about different animals. Um, so learning how do you communicate um, and engage with the public to get them to care about the environment. And then my stage three, we were sent home, uh, back to our home, home community. So for me, it was based here in Ontario. Um, so using what we learned in stage one and two, we are expected to carry out our own community-based conservation project um, to basically give back to the community. So for me, I started a Let's Talk Butts campaign, which focuses on tackling cigarette butt litter. So for those that don't know, cigarette butt litter is the number one litter item by number in the world. And they are just everywhere. And a lot of people don't know that they are actually very harmful for our environment. So other than all the toxin that is inside of a, a cigarette, they are in the in the cigarette button leaches into our soil. They are also a plastic item. So it just keep breaking down into our environment into this microplastics that eventually end up in our food chain. But at the same time, they are recyclable. So for me, it doesn't make sense to toss them out. So what we did is we started this campaign. One is to educate people about what they can do about cigarette butts. Two is that we did a lot of cleanups and letter mapping to identify hotspots, which we uh, pass the information to our municipalities, hoping that they can put in some cigarette butt um, infrastructure to collect 
the buds. So this project has since then growing quite big, like uh, in which um, we have some international volunteer and it grew way bigger than my community here in Ontario. I think that's amazing. Um, and I love, I love the projects. So let's talk about the, the project that you put together. Um, I think that's incredible that you were able to develop something that has a ripple effect. Not only are you influencing like policy at the municipal level and, um, and targeting some of those environmental issues and, and taking it down to something so niche that you can actually make a dent in it. And I think a lot of people feel very overwhelmed when they're looking at the climate crisis and they're looking at sustainability, that there are just so many things that are causing trouble um, to, to narrow down and to find something that you can make a difference in, um, I think is really powerful. And I think your example is a really, really great one that you were um, equipped with all of the skills that you needed in order to make change happen and to hear that it has grown. Um, it warms my heart, but it also doesn't surprise me because you were very well prepared um, through your education and through uh, the support that the Canadian Service Corps provided in terms of those three stages, like setting you up for success, that first stage of having that adventure and getting that education and learning different skills that you're going to be able to put to use. And then that second phase of the internship or the placement, getting the hands-on experience, building your confidence, building your independence, um, learning from people who are already on the ground, and then being able to apply it and turn it into something really meaningful. I think that journey um, is so well thought out and really, really supports an incredible journey for you as an individual and also making dents in some of the challenges that we see in the world around us. So kudos to you. That's really, really amazing. Thank you, Michelle. Um, do you have any other examples of some of the other things that some of your peers did on, on their thing, either for their placement or for their project? Anything that stands out? Um, I know some of my peers, they work for Hopeful Wildlife in Nova Scotia. So um, Hopeful Wildlife actually started with uh, an individual called Hope who decided to do um, animal rescue and rehabilitation. So for their three-month um, placement, they basically helped rehabilitate um, all these wild animals that got bought into the organization. So they are always posting cute, cuddly <laughs> animal pictures on our Facebook group. So that was very memorable. And I know um, some of my peers got placed at uh, Scales Nature Park in Ontario. So that's focused more on um, scales. So like snakes um, and other reptiles. Um, so there's a lot of misunderstanding on what snakes are and a lot of people are actually afraid of them. So for their program, uh, they, you know, they serve that niche also to educate people about snakes and like how to care for them and things like that. And I know some people get placed um, in Ontario as well with the Ontario Fishers and Angler Association, um, working on getting people involved, if, um, like getting them outdoor to get passionate about fishing or other activities. So they, they put together bait boxes to 
uh, for them to come out and say half a day to experience um, fishing and learn more about the activity. Um, and then some of my peer got placed in different provincial parks. So with me uh, in Ukulele, there were um, placements at the Pacific Rim uh, provincial parks. So they did a lot of um, park maintenance. So some are like building trails or removing invasive species or helping out with um, their salamander survey. So they would go out and look at salamander eggs and, and things like that. Yeah, those are the top stage two uh, placements are off the top of my mind. I know a few stage three projects. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, so stage three, one very memorable one. I remember, don't remember its name, is, uh, but essentially what they did was they partnered with Mac um, <clears throat> on providing um, outdoor gear. So they, I don't remember, quite remember how they structure it, but basically, um, people can get like free paddling gear to go out on the water um, for for free kind of thing. But I think they need to do something to get that freebie. Um, yeah. And it's conservation related. I don't quite remember <laughs> off the top of my head what they did. And of course, uh, some of my friends did community gardens. Um, so a lot of pollinator garden that they partner with church or like schools to, to create that ripple effect. And yeah, there, there's just so many projects and I, I don't know which ones to highlight. Yeah, well, I think it's great because I think what people need to understand is that when it comes to conservation, it is such a wide spectrum. Like you don't have to be like a granola back country tree planter um, to be involved in conservation. There's there's things that are urban. There are things that are um, more in the wilderness. There are projects to do, like you said, with pollination, with um, specific animals, with the oceans, with litter. Like there are just so many different ways that we can, can tackle conservation. Um, and so I guess it kind of leads me to my next question, which is, who is the con who is the Canadian Conservation Corps for? Who should apply to this program? What are some of the things that um, maybe some of our listeners might recognize in themselves and say, "Oh, this is actually something um, that that's for me." So, do you have any tips on that? Well, the Canadian Conservation Corps is won by the Canadian Wildlife Federation. Um, is for anyone age eight, 18 to thirty. So there's no requirement for entering the program other than that age limit. Um, they encourage anyone that might love nature or actually don't know um, what they want to do with conservation or just want to learn more learn more about conservation to apply. So there's very no, no requirement other than the age and being uh, in Canada, obviously. 
Yeah. Well, I think, I think that's great. And, and the skills that you're going to be able to take away from it, um, you're definitely going to meet a whole group of people um, that are very interesting coming from diverse backgrounds and, uh, and, and passionate about maybe some of the similar things that you are. Um, you're definitely going to develop a lot of those uh, leadership skills that you were talking about um, that are very transferable. So even if you don't in the end end up in conservation, um, your first aid is going to translate across different things. Um, the um, working as a group, the communication, all of those skills are very transferable. And then there are the ones that are very specific to conservation um, and environmentalism in itself. And I think that no matter where you are, I think this is an incredible opportunity. Um, and to have a program like this in Canada that is heavily subsidized by the federal government, which means it's very, very accessible financially um, to a lot of people because a lot of those programs if you want to go and volunteer in Thailand, for example, a lot of those programs have huge price tags attached to them. Um, and we're very lucky that the government here is investing in young people and their connection to conservation work. So I just wanted to make sure to, to highlight that as well. Yep, for sure. Um, great. Uh, well, thank you so much for being with me today in this podcast. Um, it's been such a pleasure to hear about your story and uh, to get a little bit of insight into what it might be like to participate in programs like this and how you can actually uh, find your way based on getting your, your hands dirty or in your case wet um, with different opportunities that are before you. So thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you, Michelle. Now, if people wanted to follow along with your journey or learn a little bit more about you, is there somewhere where they could do that? Yeah, we have a website called oceanandimpact.org, or you can follow us on Facebook or Instagram at Let's Talk Butts. So yeah, um, we're very straightforward. Amazing. I love it. All right. We will make sure to include all of those links in our show notes. So if that's something that's interesting to you, we'll make sure that you can get access to that and, uh, and follow with Lisa um, and make sure that we are making a positive impact on this planet. Yep. Thank you very much, Michelle.